Welcome back, guys. This is going to be episode six on Select Few. Today's guest is the one and only, the king of trapping, <laughs> our boy Hunter Hicks, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hunter, appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Man, thank you all for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm excited, so thank you. What did you think about that intro? I thought the intro was killer, honestly. I uh, felt like we were in like a, maybe like a, a run-in for a UFC fight or something, you know, like I was <laughs> announced to come out and so yeah, I'm ready to swing now. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. You know, we can, uh, through this podcast, I'm hoping we'll get like Logan Paul, you know? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we can, we can all just take our turns each round. Yeah. They're in person. I think we can take them. How long do you think it lasts? <sighs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I feel like, I feel like Logan would be easier than Jake Paul. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll probably last a good four or five minutes with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's better than me. I'm going to go two. A solid two. Two minutes? Yeah. yeah. solid two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My cardio is feeling good today, so I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, man. Maybe three or four, yeah. So. Dude, uh, so you can give us – tell us what, what you do. Tell us uh, – kind of give us the start. What yeah. led you to today? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again for having me on. Um, the start of everything was – Virtually, I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, um, and from a young age, I kind of came up uh, in, it's kind of weird, I'll start from the actual beginning, um, I'll, I'll spill the whole beans on the podcast. Um, from a real young age, um, my family lived in a middle class kind of community, we kind of had everything we yearned for, you know, from the, you know, from the age of birth till about 12, hardworking, just blue collar people, and uh when I was 12 or 13, my parents split up and got a divorce. And uh, to make a long story short, um, I went to live with my father. And at the time, my father had gone through a divorce, lost his job. And um, it, it was just a tough time financially for, for me and dad. Um, dad actually ended up taking a, a job to do over-the-road trucking, and which kind of left me uh, you know, kind of there to fend for myself at a young age. And Again, man, money was just on my mind because uh, I, I needed to I needed to figure out how to earn a living to get out of the situation that I was in. So, from a young age, I uh, you know 13, 14, got involved with the wrong crowd uh, due to the fact that we were living in a neighborhood that we were forced to kind of to move to, lower income uh, neighborhood. And long story short, I ended up getting in a lot of trouble. Um, so at 18, I, I was facing you know multiple charges and. Um, Long story short, I had to turn my life around. So uh, my neighbor at the time that we were living in a duplex actually passed away unexpectedly. And the new tenant that moved in actually worked for an animal trapping company out of Florida. So I was outside one night uh, taking the trash out and saw his truck. And I was just like, this is absolutely crazy. You know, I got to ask this guy what he does. So the next day, um, you know, when he came outside and we'd met for the first time, I, I asked him about the business that he was in. I was just fascinated with the, the animals that were on his truck, raccoons, possums, snakes. I was like, what do, you, what do you do for a living, man? This is crazy. So asked him about it, and, you know, three or four months down the road, he ended up getting me a, a, a job. So um, at the time, I, I needed a job. I needed, I needed something that was going to pay the bills, really, really wasn't crazy fascinated with it. I just kind of got into it and quickly learned it and, and was excelling well. I was kind of leading the sales team in, in the state of Texas and started really figuring out that the 
the backbone of this particular company I was working for um, was th th their intentions were not good with the customers. So I decided that I was going to make a jump and start my own. So, yeah, to make a really long story short, <laughs> that's how I got in the business. All right. So, you know, that's the that's one of the amazing things about a lot of the people that have come on the show now. It's the same type of story. It's like you got you got broken homes, you got financial struggles. Um, all of these things seem to be like the core development of somebody's chasing a dream, chasing money, chasing as an entrepreneur. Do you feel like you had that mindset while you were getting in trouble or before the divorce? Before the, di before the divorce, when I was a young kid and, and everything was uh, kind of peaches, um, no, I, didn't, I never had that mindset. I, I feel like I would not uh, have the motivation and the drive that I do today. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like struggle just creates a mindset that's, uh, it, it can't be taught or, or it can't be learned. It's, it just, uh, it, it's kind of that, that fight that the will to win, you know, um, forgot the other question that you asked me at the end, but um, me too. Okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I definitely know for a fact I, I wouldn't be where I was today. And, and so it, it all kind of started when the, I remembered. It all kind of started when the struggle happened um, because, you know, it started off as money. Today, it's much more than money. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to help as many people as we can, change lives, uh, innovate in our, in our niche industry. Um, but, you know, it lit a fire because I had no choice. You know, me and dad were struggling so bad at the time, and um, we were just in a difficult scenario, and, and we really didn't have anything, and... We were just struggling to eat. So when you, when you come from from those parameters, um, you you really get tricky fast. And while we while I was getting in trouble, I just really didn't know any other way at that time. You know, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, you go get a job, you make minimum wage. You know, you do that for a week or two, and you realize like this this ain't gonna cut it. So right. I, I had to go to other means in order to put food on the table at a young age, um, and eventually learn my lesson. But yeah. Do you think the adversity you went through helped propel you into having this drive? One hundred. I feel like that's pretty common. Like people come from nothing and they want so much more. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like every, everyone that comes from you know, for me, it's a little bit different, man, because I, I got to see, I got to see both sides of life. Like mm -hmm. um, you know, zero to thirteen, I, I lived just like you know every other normal middle class American. And then um, everything kind of changed at the, the time that you go from boyhood to manhood. So, right. um, yeah, it, adversity definitely created this um, this mission that I'm on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the mission that I started at the beginning was much different than the mission I'm on now, like I said. But, yeah, you look at a lot of people's lives. You know, I, I say this one a lot, but it's like Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team, and then he turned mm -hmm. into Michael Jordan um, you know, a lot of these fighters and a lot of these people that have set out to do big things, entrepreneurs, um, a lot of them have had struggled childhood or, sure. or struggled early common. adulthood. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 100 percent. I'm, I'm not here to state that my story is any worse than anyone else's, but right. um, it definitely makes for my story um, kind of what what we went through and diamonds create, you know, pressures, pressure yeah, creates diamonds. Absolutely. You know I mean? So. You know, one of the things, too, is um, a lot of people fail to realize you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance. 
you know, you, you had circumstances that, that kind of kept you down, you know, in life with, uh, with your upbringing. But yet you still persevered through that and then let that hold you back. And I think that's a lot of things. That's something that a lot of people can learn is that no matter where you're at in life as a kid or even an adult right now, you can be four years old struggling, you know, living at poverty level. doesn't mean you, got, you can't do it, you know. And a lot of people just fall victim to circumstance. But it's a mindset. 100%. Um, I, yeah, I can't agree more with what you said. Uh, I think a lot of people, especially from, from what I've seen, um, I think a lot of people lack belief in themselves. Like they say they believe in themselves. And, you know, maybe they, maybe they even tell themselves they believe in themselves. But when it really comes down to it, um, they, they don't fully believe in themselves enough to fully commit to a new lifestyle or a lifestyle change that's going to better them, you know. And the other flip side of that is I feel like a lot of people, um, a lot of people on the poverty line or, or a little bit above the poverty line are spending a lot of their years looking for a handout. They, they think that miraculously someday somebody's going to walk up to them and hand them an opportunity that's going to change their life. And uh, there's too little of people trying to create opportunities for themselves. So I feel that's the other fine line with, you know, people that are tried and true entrepreneurs that, that, you know, have a track record and, and some people that are new that are getting in the game. You know, I, I feel like if there's an opportunity to help someone on this podcast, then, you know, you, you have to fully believe in yourself. You have to fully commit and you, 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 you can't, you know, bad days are a hundred percent going to come, but you got to keep going and, and ultimately don't quit. Don't give up. You know, I mean, that's the truth. Cause I mean, you could be, you can have everything, you know, all the toys, all the money, um, marriage, kids, everything, and still be unhappy. Yeah. You know, and that, and that, and that's the thing. It's a. But what's funny is you talk about the handout. I, I've read several articles over the last years. You know why why Biden's handing out stimulus checks and shit. And it's like there's been a couple people who, they started small businesses out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so think about the millions and millions of Americans who got stimulus checks. The small percentage, right? You know, I've only read like 13, 14 articles. I'd be curious to know how many people actually took that handout because a lot of times nobody really needed that stimulus check. Right. Mm-hmm. There was so much other money in the biz- in in the economy, and a lot of people still had jobs. They were working from home, this and that. We Nobody really needed the stimulus check, but I wonder right. if they took that handout and actually did something with it. Or they used it to buy a PS5. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's You know, they blew it, right? Yeah, it was like a little Christmas bonus, you know? Right. And it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, but... I think too. I've I've met a lot of people. You give them a handout, it doesn't change it. Yeah. You know, you still gotta have a mindset. It's yeah. a it's it's a challenge. Um, but that's that's the idea with it. Let's you know let's change that mindset. Give people tools or insight on what what it really takes. And so on your on trapping business. So so you started working there. Realized you liked what you're doing. You know, in a way, right? You, you more fell into it, kind of like I fell into insulation. Yeah. It's like it was not my dream, but I'm damn good at it. Yeah. And so you started your own company. I saw opportunity. And so, so t- run me through some of that, like the challenges of your startup when you started it back then. Yeah. Um, so the challenges with my startup were particularly just kind of um, learning everything that there was. Uh, that, that needed to be put in place in order to have a, you know, a so-called business or a so-called entity. And 
Um, you know, no one in my family, I, I don't come from really anyone in my family that's ever been an entrepreneur. They've all had jobs. So, you know, as a young man, 19 years old, I didn't have a ton of people to learn from. So I kind of just started learning through my own failures. Um, so I would try things, you know, um, I'll, I'll use one thing as an example, like getting work. Um, you know, we, we'd saved up about, I don't know, probably around $5,000. It's, I don't know if you want me to go into this, but I actually had a partner at the beginning. So I partnered with an older gentleman, um, and we'd saved up money and, and we allocated a portion of that $5,000 towards a truck, you know, a portion of that $5,000 towards some uniforms, some carbon copies where we could invoice people and, uh, and some uniforms, you know, and, um, so we had all this stuff and, and, and we, we forgot the most important part. Like we, no one's calling us to, to come, you know, do wildlife removal. No one's calling us with animal removal problems. So I guess the first big thing that, that I had to learn, um, in business was marketing. And, um, you know, while we're talking about marketing, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, especially like startups and stuff, don't put enough time and focus and energy into their marketing, um, but, you know, I, I start, I, I went through dozens and dozens of marketing companies. You know, I'd, I'd start with one. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, just trying to listen to them, take them at face value. And I kept getting, you know, screwed over one time after the next and after the next. And I kind of just eventually found a way with it. And, and that's kind of how I did every aspect of the business is I just kept uh, fucking up until I figured out a way to, <laughs> to uh, make it work, um, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the first year of business, you're going to burn a lot of money. And yeah. a lot of times you legitimately could just go outside and burn it. Yeah. You know, it would have been yeah. a lot cheaper. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. A lot cheaper. And, and that's, that's the problem I've had in business with any kind of advertising. A lot of it's a shit. It's sham. You know, it's mm -hmm. like going this, uh, you know, these coupons that come in the mail, come into this magazine. It's like, dude, the handful of people that actually picked that stuff up, even mm -hmm. back then, you know, when magazines were prominent and coupons were prominent and it wasn't all online based. Right. It's, it's still a challenge, you know, yeah. sir. You know, certain levels of service industry, but you have to damn near own the internet yeah. or your business yeah. to actually get enough leads. Right. And, and so that's probably still a constant challenge. Yeah, it is. Um, I think, you know, some people know, some people may not know, but I actually started my own marketing company two years ago. And the reason why I did that is because uh, of about eight years in business, we kind of figured out what works for, for our industry, for our market. And, um, so yeah, for, for mine, it was, it was putting enough money and enough faith in, in other people to figure out what was going to drive consistent traffic and then making sure that we consistently review the data on that traffic to make sure that we're producing a return on investment. But you know, the internet as a whole, and I'm, I'm saying this and I own a marketing company, the, the mar online marketing is kind of like gambling. It's strategic gambling, but you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to spend X amount of dollars and get X amount of return. You yeah. know, it's it's a constant strategy. And I feel like every industry, which brings me back to what you just said, how broad everything is like putting cards or pamphlets on a front door or, you know, whatever you have it, there's, there's so many ways that you can advertise or market to people. But I feel like every industry kind of has a couple of lanes within that marketing field that are going to work best for it. And I think, um, I think the, the sooner that you can figure out what those, those platforms or those avenues are, you know, the, the better it's going to pay off for you because you, right. you can't do all types of marketing. There's just too many types, you know, no, so. And it's too much money. You too much money. You'll never, yeah. you'll never recoup it. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like running a Super Bowl ad for three to five million dollars. Yeah. 
Did that's it really sell more Bud Light? <clears throat> I think that's you a brand. Nobody's <laughs> selling Bud Light right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know how many Super Bowl ads they're gonna have this next time? Yeah. It's still not gonna help. It's not yeah. gonna work <laughs> with the stuff they just pulled. It ain't gonna work. Nah. It's gonna be so manly the next one. Oh, it's gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full of Probably American. be a lumberjack on there or something <laughs> drinking it, right? Something like that. They're That's gonna, what they need at least. They're gonna, like, yeah. they're gonna take a playbook out of Dos Equis. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. sexiest man alive. Ooh. Right. Yeah, it's not gonna work. But then again, it'd probably be a chick. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? So, so has your social media presence helped business? Your your YouTube has that been a, a profitable form of marketing? So that's a good question. Um, not yet, man. No. Um, it's it's too new. Um, you know, we've only we started our YouTube channel about forty six days ago. Oh, okay, that's um, very new. So we have a we've been shooting since January, but mm-hmm. just uploading since, since forty six days yeah. ago. So. Um, you know, th- that's another thing, man. It's uh, that that's like a, on a day to day basis. You talk about, you know, like from face value, everything looks good, but yet, you know, uh, you can still be unhappy behind the scenes. YouTube is one of those things where one day I'm extremely happy with, yeah. with what we're doing, and then the next day I'm just like, oh, man, am I am I doing this right? right. Am I going down the right sure. avenue? Um, no, I YouTube is a, a, a long term thing uh, for us. It's an it brings on an entertainment side to the business. Mm-hmm. It brings on a branding side of the business. So, you know, people that are external that are watching it that may not be in the states, you know, this this state, we only service this state. So if someone's in another state, they're not able to get service by us, um, they can still be entertained by us and, right. and see what we're doing on a day-to-day, um, you know, a day-to-day basis. Um, our hopes are that people want to get involved with the brand. People want to be a part of the brand. Um, we, we plan on doing giveaways, um, mm. hunting trips, fishing trips. Uh, may even do like a day in the life type of stuff where we fly, you know, subscribers in or, or viewers in and, uh, you know, let them catch some wild let animals. Them, let them catch a possum. Sign a waiver, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, let them, let them okay. come in and experience it. So, right. yeah, it's it's going to take time and, and we know it's going to take time, but we're just slowly chipping away at it, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of letting everything organically come to right. the channel. That's key. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. I mean... For the viewers that have no idea what the day in the life of a trapper is, tell, give us is that like, what you, is that what you identify as? You're a trapper. Trap. Game? Technically, I I mean, should I do it for the camera right now? Should, should I show yeah. something cool? Yeah. What do we? What do we got here? What does it say? King of the trap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's funny because I just said trap uh, so king. That's, I mean, that, that's kind of what that's I hilarious. identify as, but um. Day in the life of a trapper, I would say, if you don't know what it's like, mm. I'm sorry, I got to plug myself real quick. No, go over, go go over YouTube it. and check out Trapping USA on YouTube. You'll see um, some day in the life content. You'll see some long form uh, video content. Um, but for the podcast, the day in the life of a trap, uh, a, a trapper or, or uh, an animal <laughs> removal technician, whatever you want to call it, um, I would say it's different based on the day, based on the season based on the time of year and, uh, you know, really what's popping. So we have certain gestational periods when, you know, animals are breeding, animals are having, uh, having babies, which, uh, which always creates new problems. Um, and then, and then we also have seasonality aspect of it. So, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the wintertime in Texas, you know, during the cold months, uh, it's our busiest time of the year because a, a lot of the animals are flocking into homes, flocking into businesses for shelter. A couple years back when we had that freeze, um, some of the houses that we had sealed up, um, I'll talk about that too, if you want me to, it's another aspect of the business, but some of the houses we virtually sealed up where animals couldn't come in and out of, 
we actually found like dead frozen rats around the outside of the perimeter. So like, mm. an, you know, animals can freeze too. So the, the wintertime brings on a lot more crazy stuff, uh, you know, as it pertains to inside people's shelters or homes or businesses, you know, summertime's a lot of just sporadic stuff, you know, a lot of snakes this time of year, the snakes are out. So, um, we've been catching probably seven to t- we, we catch seven to 10 snakes probably a day in the DFW area. Um, in, in all assortments of areas. So some are in kitchen cabinets, some are in, uh, you know, living rooms under couches, some are in garages. Um, they're everywhere. So Eric, you remember that, that big ass snake that was under the couch? Yeah, you you tell the story. You you and uh, your guy were were in the couch uh, oh, in the garage yeah. on the couch. Yeah, I do. Big ass water snake. Yeah, we're sitting <laughs> sitting in the garage hanging out. He's got a couch in there, and we're just sitting there, and the snake just right between our feet. Huge. I trapped it. The did snake, you? Yeah, you got I it. I, I grabbed him by the tail. Hey, do you even do you have the go. licensing to say trapped it? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not king of the trap. <laughs> hey, you, you're, you're working on it. That's yeah. good. That's dope. I'll baby trapper. That. Yeah, that's cool. Was this recent or? Uh, it was probably last year. Cool. Yeah. You got it out. You, would you just let it go outside? Or? Yeah, he, he lived on His lot was directly next to a creek. Okay. So he had all kinds of Perfect. Put him back activity. where he belongs. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, we, uh, we, got, we got our but he must snakes meet. out here. The, the snake do. must me. Like, yeah. The, you get, yeah. they spray your ass. Water you snakes are like terrible. really notorious for that. And yeah, it's awful. It doesn't matter like what soap you have. Yeah, I don't right. I forgot what that stuff's called. Like the auto mechanic soap. What is it like? The orange. Oh, yeah, the orange. Yeah. yeah, we got that in the bathroom. Man, that <laughs> shit doesn't even work. So yeah. it's bad. Yeah. It sticks with you for a couple days. You know, it marks you so it can come find your ass. Uh, That's maybe. what it is. It had a crush My on wife me. is like always pissed off, dude, because I'm coming oh, out. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> So what's like the an, an average range of animals? Because when I think of trapping, I, what first things that comes to mind is snakes, possums, raccoons, skunks. Yeah. Is there anything crazy that you you ever someone says there's a bobcat in my backyard or? Yeah. So yeah. Um, speaking on that, so we we have like your normal animals, kind of what you named, you know, uh, raccoons, possums, skunks, mm-hmm. snakes, squirrels, you know, armadillos. Um, we handle all that type of stuff. But then we have like an exotic side of the business too. So we tra- we live trap beavers. Um, there's a lot of really? footage on YouTube of us doing that. We made an episode. Um, right now we're trapping bobcats. We have multiple trap sets around. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the biggest trap set I have right now is in Little Elm. Um, you know we set up cameras on these traps, so we monitor them 24 mm-hmm. seven. So we got we constantly have footage of, of big bobcats coming in. Um, we feral trap wild hogs. Um, we also have a, a side of the business where we do thermal hog eradication. So virtually landowners hire us to, you know, go in if say they don't, you know, trapping is usually a lot more expensive, live trapping. And, and, uh, you know, we'll take to various people, buy them, some game ranches, buy them, stuff like that. It takes a lot longer and it costs mm-hmm. a lot more money for the farmers and landowners to pay for the live trapping. So some of them, you know, if they have crops or something that's just getting disrupted. They'll just hire us to come in maybe one or two mm-hmm. nights couple guys we have thermal scopes and we'll just light wow. them up with ar-15s and let them lay so nice ted you actually get ted nugent style yeah, yeah yeah ted nugent style do you so. ever bring out the helicopter to do that <laughs> <sighs> i'm working on getting that's, helicopter, that's on my man. bucket list man i, yeah. I want to I go full on like you know 50 cal of the helicopter the helicopters <laughs> are <laughs> helicopters that'll are do to a yeah no I, I, you know i want to mow things you know got a couple <laughs> trees down in the process you know like yeah, okay you gotta go big you gotta go like that's true Full on commando. Just better transportation. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's no. yeah. I don't want to be. be more I don't want to get chiggers and stuff while I'm trying to get. Uh, these, you know, yeah. I just I want to be no. in the air. 
You know, they can't run and hide. No, no. It's yeah. have you been uh, have course. you been bit by anything poisonous? Nothing poisonous. No. No. Um, probably be a cooler story if I yeah, say it. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are like, damn, that's not good. Yeah, bro, um, got me in the neck. No, anything. So we have um, we had a warehouse in Dallas for a long time, and um, you know, in, in the back of the warehouse was where we stored all of our our equipment and trailers and stuff like that. And in the front of the warehouse, we had it was like an office type uh, thing where our secretaries and, and various guys would work. We had conference room stuff, but we we actually housed a, a ton of venomous snakes there and really? non venomous snakes. And um, this was a couple years back, and we would train new hires the safe way to remove them. You know, because mm. it's it's a big liability, you know, putting a job ad out and sure. having a guy come in for an interview yeah. and then, you know, you send him on a, on a call to get a cotton mouth or something like that. Right. that could potentially put him in the hospital, potentially kill him. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you, you got to have expensive insurance for sure. And, and number two, you know, we, we, we try to teach them. But with anything venomous, we use tongs and, and you okay. know, equipment where we're, where we're safe. Um, okay. It can still happen. Full body armor. Virtually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's close so, to so what do you do with the animals when you trap them? That's a good question. Um, so everything, we're a humane company. So mm-hmm. the only thing that gets killed is going to be mice and rats. Um, Why do even, those get killed? So those get killed because they're, they're a complete they're nuisance. Insignificant um, in the world. They outbreed. <laughs> they, they, they will outbreed us if we don't eliminate right. them. So, okay. you know, there's um, rats, are, rats and mice are a worldly problem. Um, and, you know... I'll, I'll probably get flack for this, but in my opinion, they should be killed everywhere because, uh, you know, a female rat can have a new litter of babies every three weeks. Wow. So Please. that's some output. Why how, they, much, how many babies do they have per litter? Uh, between like, I mean, obviously they can lose babies and have a, have mm-hmm. a bad uh, birth, but usually between like eight and 12. But still, you can Every see how weeks. you get a male and a female rat in a room and leave sure. them there and, make, and have, have food, which be your house, your attic, your business, how they can multiply extremely yeah. fast. They're going to go yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, for real. No pun intended. No. They, awesome. They're lovers <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question. What's Do you up? get more commercial calls or residential? Probably, um, I would say 80% of our business is residential, 20% commercial. Um, commercial calls... Usually, I don't. I don't. I don't really. I guess. I guess my marketing's in place well, but usually, commercial calls. We don't do a whole lot of mom and pops for some reason. We do. We've done Home Depots before. We've done Lowe's. We've done Goodwill. We've done um, probably. I mean, whatever. This might blow this podcast up, but Freebirds Burritos. <laughs> Man, I want to go do there. You, do you get a, <laughs> do you get a, they have the best burritos on here. <laughs> do you yeah. get any? You're bird, having a rat burrito. Calls? <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, we do. Because um, I've gone into Home Depot and Lowe's a million times, and there's yeah. birds in there. Yeah. Like, do they call you for that yeah. type of stuff? Um, they do. Um, so for birds, usually it's 99% of the time with birds, it's pigeons. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Home Depot, Lowe's, we've, we've removed birds from there. Um, also at Lovefield Airport, they have oh, a, okay. a parking um, that's right across the street from the airport, and there's a tower and a huge lot, and for a while they had thousands of pigeons in that parking lot. I mean, they were just destroying all the people's cars. That's going to be a much there. more difficult eradication. Um, you're, you're not, I mean, I picture you just with a net gun. like, you know, <laughs> Or running around with a net, you know? It's, Honestly, man, we, so agile we live the trap place. them. So we put traps all over the facility or wherever it is, mm-hmm. and um, 
we, we go out multiple times a week and pull them out of the trap and, mm. and keep trapping. So that's, that's how we do it. Um, yeah, the net guns would work if you had like a weird scenario or, yeah. or something with extremely high ceilings and, mm. and just had bad luck. But the majority of it is we build our own custom pigeon traps and set them out and the birds end up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about celebrities? Have you ever had to go to a celebrity's house and trap anything? Yeah. Um, probably shouldn't name names, but, um, we've, we've, uh, we we're, we're currently trapping for someone that plays in the NFL. Um, We've had, I would say we've, I would say we've had a couple celebrities over the years, um, not an overwhelming amount. Um, definitely a lot of high profile people, a lot of high profile people in Dallas on you know large acres of land around Highland Park with sure. extreme wildlife problems. Mm-hmm. Um, people in, I'm pretty sure people in politics and government roles, stuff like that. Now, how would you trap this cat right here? Oh, that, that cat's easy, easy, man. I just pick that cat up and bring him right out. That, that's our, that's, that's, that's that's our personal trap, trap king yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. I'll make friends with him first, and then, yeah, we'll, right we'll be riding him. the truck together. I, yeah, I don't even know how he got in here. He came in here with <laughs> he you? He was stuck in here. <laughs> was he really? <laughs> so, on, on a serious note, what about coyotes? Mm. Coyotes, yeah. Um, I hope the city has watched this podcast because, um, you know, it's it's hard to get in contact with them. So how how the cities do things is – you guys have probably seen it. They, they have their own animal control. Um, mm-hmm. So you've probably seen the trucks driving around. Prim- primarily what they deal with is dogs and cats. Um, but cities try to take these, these larger projects into their own hands sometimes, and they're just really not equipped to do it. Um, coyotes are a very hard animal to live trap, um, and they're very hard to relocate to because their survival rates when you relocate them. There's a lot of laws and... There's actually, you know, if, if someone calls into the company right now and wants us to trap coyotes in a particular city or a particular area, I actually have to pull code and pull law before I can give them an answer of, you know, what the stipulations are in that area. And they're tightening up on them on a daily basis. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right. So th- this marketing company that, that you have, what do y'all really focus on? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, it's kind of, it's kind of. Uh, shape shifted if you will so as of right now we really only do one thing we'll help you with anything else meaning um, we have a lot of connections in the business but what we do in-house is primarily specialize in ppc management so google adwords um, a, lo- a lot of people for me google adwords has been life-changing um, yes, just for the simple fact that you know um, you know someone like me can be in the animal removal business for 10 years and if someone comes in with the right strategy and the right budget, they can actually show up on top of me at Google if done correctly. Thanks. So, you know, that's, that's huge for any marketplace because um, someone can cause disruption, um, you know, out of, out of any angle. Because, you know, normally if it was like uh, if Google ads weren't there and it was all done by organic ranking, um, you know, somebody like me that's been on the Internet for 10 years, you know, doing animal removal in multiple locations in Dallas and Houston, you're not going to be able to compete with me if you're starting day one for a very long time. Right. But Google ads changes that, you know, it, it, it allows people to pay to play. Um, so that I, the reason why I specialize in that is it takes a real strategy and an understanding and, and daily uh, checkup work in order for a campaign to get the most out of its money. So what you find with, you know, ultimately why you start a business is you find a hole in a market, right? You find, you find some area that you can patch, some problem that you can fix. 
And the problem with marketing companies is they're just too big. So if you want to go and run ads with, you know, a giant company, um, you might get two hours a month of their time focused on your campaign, your, you know, your AdWord, uh, you know, campaign. So whereas my firm, we we're only taking a limited amount of clients. So we literally are spending 30 to 45 minutes a day on each one of our clients campaigns, right. which allows them to get extremely more bang for their buck than if they go to a, you know, a big competitor. Um, but we, we'll help with anything. We're, we're building websites right now for a couple of clients. Um, Does this go for any type of company? Or do y'all specialize in specific type of businesses? Yeah. So um, that's a great question. At the beginning, um, when, you know, when, when companies reach out to us, we'll kind of do a vetting call to figure out if obviously we're not going to take them on if we don't think we can, you know, produce positive results for them. Right. I mainly work with a lot of service companies. So I've worked with very large um, plumbing companies that everyone would know the name of, very large moving companies that everyone would know the name of. AC um, companies and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of that type of stuff. A lot of service-based businesses, big roofing companies. Um, so let's say I, I, I just started a, a plumbing company. Right. And I have no idea how to market, right? Right. What type of budget would I need to just start off with? like? Yeah, that's cra- That's a crazy question because I guess it would depend on a lot of things. It would depend on, um, you know, obviously <laughs> when you're when you're marketing, you got to determine what services are worth marketing, right? right? So, like in my trapping business, we have services that are a couple hundred dollars, and in my industry, a click can range anywhere from fifty dollars to three hundred and fifty dollars. So, right. I'm not going to market a snake removal uh, service. Like for instance, if you have a snake in you know in your backyard, you want someone to come get it usually runs between three and $500, depending on the time of day that you call. I'm not going to market a service like that when a click's going to cost me probably 200 bucks for that. It doesn't make sense. It took so, half your profit. Yeah, it's just, it wouldn't make sense. I'm going to market my services that are thousands of dollars for right. a couple hundred, you know, so because not every not every click is a, is a call and not every call is going to be a customer. Right. So that, that's just numbers and knowing marketing. So, you know, if you back to the plumbing thing, I'm actually working with a plumber right now that's start doing a startup. I don't know if you'll see this. My what? Um, What's his name? Yeah, give him a shout out. Yeah. Should we give him a shout out? Let's give him a shout Might out. Might as well. Bro. All right, I'm gonna give him a shout out right now. I'm a shout out to um, Tobias at Drip Plumbing. Yeah, new client, my, my new client, and uh, hope he does well. Yeah, sure. So, what a plumbing company? He's I, got I, the drip. Yeah, drip. he's got the drip. And he's gonna stop um, the big drip at the house. Yeah. Drip Plumbing. Um, website is actually going to be dripplumbingntx.com. Yeah. And, we're building we'll it for that, We'll put that in our YouTube bio. Oh, we're going to put we'll, it in the we'll bio. Plug him. We'll plug him and we'll, we'll plug you as You're well. You're welcome for the free advertising, Mr. Drip. Yeah, Drip Plumbing. <laughs> I told you I got you and I got you. King of the drip. Yeah, <laughs> He came on the show drip just for you. Yeah. yeah. So write the check. My, my, my last question for you is, What's something that someone has said to you that has just stuck with you through this process of your entrepreneurship? Yeah. Um, I think I think the two I think the two people that have, you know, when times get dark, which they do, and they get dark often. I think that's with any, with any big risk, with any with a, with a lot of pressure, being in a position of a lot of pressure is, you know, I don't know if it's a if it's a specific thing, but. Um, my wife, I'll give a shout out to my wife and also my grandfather. My grandfather passed away two months ago, but my grandfather was always one that told me like, you know, you can do anything you put your, you you put your mind to, you know, it's not always going to go good. 
Um, but as long as you don't give up, you keep trucking and you, you keep figuring out the little problems and don't weigh too much on them, you know, and, and, and think they're so big that, you know, it's just the end of it all. As long as you just keep moving forward, handle your business, do what you say, have good character, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not a preacher by any means, but, you know, trust in the Lord, um, that everything's going to work out. And, and I think that's the best advice that I could possibly get. Cause that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to be a, a, a great entrepreneur, a great friend, a great husband, a, um, you know, someone that can help people and someone that can motivate people and inspire people. That's, that's why I'm doing all this. So that's a yeah, good man, answer. That's a... Amen, brother. Yes, sir. Amen, brother. Yeah. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. Preach. Hunter, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today, man. It's absolutely. Yes, sir. It's a, uh, we always, we always try to end it with letting the guests know that this is only the first time yeah. you're coming on the show. We could do this again. So this, this is, uh, this is just the beginning the introduction to our fan base for you. And, uh, We'll see you again soon. I can't thank you guys enough. I'll you you, you shoot me a call or a text and and I'm back. I'd I'd love that I had a great time. So thank y'all. All right, it was man. a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. Let's get that fishing trip. Let's ASAP. Go. <laughs> <laughs>